bonus episode, Fire Nation, and you're in for a treat. Allow me to introduce today's featured guest, Cole Hatter. Cole, are you prepared to ignite? I stay ready, so I ain't got to get ready, just like last time. (laughs) Cole's a husband, father, entrepreneur, investor, and creator of Thrive, Make Money Matter, the top-rated business conference, according to Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., Huffington Post, basically everybody that matters. Cole has no idea what the difference is between Costa Rica and Puerto Rico, so we'll be talking about that a little bit, and he is JLD, that's me, my star pupil of all of Fire Nation, which, I mean, let's say, that's pretty awesome. And Cole, you've been on a couple times before, but let's take a minute, fill in some gaps for Fire Nation about what you have going on in the world right now, and give us a a little glimpse of your sorority life. I mean, personal life. I mean, sorority life. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, so I always start with my family. I'm a husband and a father, and so uh, I have two little girls and two girl dogs. So right before JLD pressed record, we were talking about how I'm starting my own sorority here and uh, getting a chance to speak with my bros and my boys on calls like this are always uh, as as test- or testosterone rich as I can get because I live in a world of estrogen. So yeah, starting my own sorority here. And as far as my <laughs> professional life, uh, I'm an investor. That's my primary gig. I've been investing for the last 12 years. And uh, as a result of doing well in business and meeting amazing people like JLD himself, my business has evolved uh, into several different facets, one of which is Thrive Make Money Matter, my live event. Uh, So I guess I'm in three or four different verticals from, like I said, investing to the live event space to importing things from China like stickers and selling them and urban outfitters and stuff like that. I'm kind of all over as as my relationships have evolved, opportunities have presented themselves, and I've capitalized on those. Well, I love the fact that this is Thrive's third year now. And, you know, I was there year one as a keynote speaker, and it was just a blast in Las Vegas. And this year, uh, you're, going, you're coming back to Vegas, and it's going to be in the Hard Rock Cafe, if I'm not mistaken. So can you kind of tell us what this conference Thrive is all about and, and what's going on in the world these days? Well, first things first, it's not the Hard Rock Cafe. It is the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Oh, I thought you were just going to like rent a room like off of the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, have some pie, everybody. Uh, so, so, yeah, I've, I've said that 2,000 times. So now That's we're fun. even. I keep saying you live in Costa Rica, and my event is happening <laughs> in the Hard Rock Cafe, apparently. But, uh, no, in the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino is where we're, where we're hitting it off. And, yeah, that's where it originally started two years ago. We were in San Diego last year. But, uh, dude, it's going to be awesome. We're bringing together 26 um, multi-multi-millionaires or billionaires. We have two billionaires there this year. Uh, A lot of them are New York Times bestselling authors, absolute icons in the business world, like yours truly, JLD. Mm -hmm. And so we just bring together the best minds in the world to teach our audience how to make money in today's world. It's not about fluff. It's not about, you know, close your eyes and do visual exercises. It's do this, do this, set this up, and this will happen. And then what makes us really special and why we get those great reviews is we teach people how to have four purpose business models, which is businesses don't just make money, they make a difference while they make their money. Uh, so they attach to some type of social cause where they make big global impact in addition to making money. So that's, that's who we are, and we're pretty stoked on our third year. Now, I've been to a lot of conferences, Fire Nation, and one thing that I like about conferences is that you have an opportunity to learn from those who are crushing it. But one thing that I don't like about a lot of conferences is they just feel the same. And that's the thing that really stood out to me, Cole, was your conference from minute one was just different. There's a different energy, a different vibe, so much difference in the air. And for me, it was just really cool to see 
what people were like when they got there. And, the, and by people, I mean the attendees kind of like, you know, what's this going to be like another conference? And then by the time they left, it was just like, wow, this change had overcome them. And people were just raving to each other about it. You know, me, I was one of the closing speakers. So I was really able to kind of see that change happen up to my talk and just be like, wow, like the energy in this crowd went from day one of like, okay, what's this all about? Because this was, you know, the first year of this conference to wow, does this really have to end? Like, can we just keep this party going? So how did you kind of inject that air of difference into this conference? What did you do? I think it's in our marketing. And so this is really important. Uh, obviously, this is about a live event, but so Fire Nation can implement this into any business they're in. Uh, you always talk about having an avatar as maybe your Fire Nation doesn't know. I'm an actual student of yours. Back in the day when you offered coaching, I paid for it and I was so terrible that you stopped offering it after me. <laughs> but uh, you always talk about having a clear avatar of who you're speaking to on your podcast. And the same is true in business. You have to have a clear avatar or a demographic or a person that you want to attract to your opportunity, whether it's a product service or in my case, a live event. And so I was very clear of the messaging of who this event is for and who it is not for. And and uh, I get a lot of pushback. I'm very clear to say, hey, listen, if you just want to make money to buy Ferraris and have big houses, don't come. Uh, this isn't for you. This is for people that want those things as a byproduct, but that's not their mission. Their mission isn't to consume. Their mission is to impact. And uh, you know, feel free about making millions and having big houses and cars, right? I live in my dream home and have all my dream cars. But those are, again, just byproducts of you on a bigger mission to impact the world, which oftentimes requires you to write a check. And there's a lot of pushback I get from people like, let me get this straight. You want me to start a business that I don't keep all the money. Somehow I'm, I'm giving back to the world and I very clearly say yes. And those people don't come. So who you're left with are men and women who are passionate about their business, passionate about creating impact in the world and are all around good people. I call them philanthropic entrepreneurs that when our day comes to go on to whatever we believe happens next, uh, people aren't standing around our grave talking about our cars and houses. They're talking about the meaningful impact we made with the time we had and the resources we had. And so I think because we're so clear in our messaging, we attract the right people. And I got to give you a shout out. I remember, I mean, you're a speaker and you're a big deal. And you literally sat in the front row of the audience all three days taking notes. Love, which, it was amazing. Well, and I think that's a huge attribute to your success. Like uh, a lot of people who quote unquote have made it stop learning. They stop growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. And so I do want to give you a shout out because I remember when I'm on stage, front row, dead in center, there's JLD all three days and literally <laughs> just notes. stood up from your seat, got on stage, spoke for 60 minutes and then just went right back to your seat. So, um, but that's the type of attendee for somewhere, you know, for those of you in Fire Nation who are fans of JLD and have been following him through the years. Uh, it's a place where he feels at home sitting in the audience with the students uh, who are peers of his own is what we're trying to create. So I appreciate that feedback uh, because we work hard to curate not just good speakers, but good attendees as well. Oh, and by the way, um, I didn't stop after the conference was over in the in the evening either. Like, I would actually take groups of attendees out, and we would hit the town. And I remember Cole, you being like, "Oh, like I want to join you, like I can't because I have to like plan for A, B, and C tomorrow." But like, we were going out. I made some incredible friends to to this day. Literally, like I will keep in touch with, and I'll see them blossom and bloom in their own businesses. And and that's one thing that I really saw that I loved too was the attendees really came together. You know, in this crazy city of Las Vegas, and, and went out and had some fun after the event during the day to like really kind of let us let some steam off and have some good times and then came back, you know, bright and early the next morning to learn, learn, learn. Now, Cole, there's already some people within Fire Nation that are listening and saying, okay, awesome. I am that person that Cole's talking about. Where can they go if they want to directly learn a little bit more and register for this event? 
Uh, they can head to attendthrive.com. So attend like you're going, thrive like I thrive in life, <laughs> attendthrive.com. And uh, as always, I got a special little code. Ooh. Put in EOF at checkout and we will hook you up with a discounted ticket. Uh, so yeah, go to attend thrive, check out the speaker lineup. We've got again, 26 speakers, billionaires, multimillionaires, the whole deal. And uh, put in EOF at checkout and uh, you're going to get hooked up. Attend Thrive, promo code EOF, Fire Nation. Really hoping that I'm going to see you there. Now, Cole, let's kind of talk about the economy right now because when you have an economy that's changing, we have to know how that we can recession-proof our business model because it's important to be able to thrive when things are going well, but how can we also thrive when things aren't going well? Yeah, and I know that uh, you have a global audience. I think it's like 50-some-odd countries or maybe even more now that listen to you. And so I'll remind all the listeners, whether you're American or not, that the entire world currency is based off the U.S. dollar. So no matter what country you're listening to this episode from, the value of your currency is based off ours. So the whole world really does need to pay attention to the American economy. Uh, there is a saying in economics that says when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches the flu. <laughs> and uh, that's not to say that we're super cool or whatever. It's just that literally the world, every currency in the world is based off the value of the US dollar. And so I think that everybody should pay attention because here in America, we do have a changing economy right now. We have a new president uh, as of this year. And whether people are fans of the current president or not is irrelevant. Uh, we have a new president. And so with a new administration, there comes change. But what's also very interesting in our current economic season is we have soul-crushing debt in America. We have $19.9 trillion worth of actual true debt on the books. And then we have $106 trillion of unfunded liability debt. You put those two together, and we are in a place we have never been in in America before. So the conversation comes up to especially those of us who are entrepreneurs, but anybody who lives in, in the world, which I imagine if you listen to this, you hopefully do, uh, is what does the future look like? And um, that's where we start to predict. And I don't go that far because I don't want to give people a false sense of hope uh, or insecurity or a false sense of doom. But what we can do today is prepare. So how bad will it get? Nobody knows. Uh, here's a little bit of American history for the listeners. We have nine to 13 year economic cycles. It's been that way since the beginning of time. Our economy goes up for 19 to 13 years, then goes down. When it goes down, it's either a correction, a recession, or a depression. And those are just depending on how much it goes down, how quickly and what time span to figure out what to call it. But regardless, it does go down. Our last recession was in 2008. And as of recording this in 2017, we're at the nine-year mark. So the question is, is it over? Is the fat lady singing or do we have another couple of few years? Uh, here's what I do know with certainty. Right now, things are good. Interest rates are reasonably low. Job reports are up. And our American economy is good. The Dow Jones is the highest it's ever been. We just had another record high last week. So right now is the time to prepare. A lot of people wait until it's too late. But since we know we have a cyclical economy where things go up and down. We shouldn't wait to prepare for the down when it's too late, right? Here in America, or I guess in California specifically, we have earthquakes. And why earthquakes scare people is you have no warning they're coming, it just happens. Versus maybe down where you're at, JLD, you have hurricanes, yeah. and you can see those things days in advance to start boarding windows, putting up sandbags, and evacuating. 
our coming economy is more of like a hurricane. We can see it coming and we can do things to prepare. So that was a little context of why this conversation is important. And I hope that for those of you that are at the gym or whatever, maybe you re-listen to this later because the guidelines of what to do now to prepare for an uncertain future are super important. And so what I always say is that right now you should look at your business model and for figure out how to create what I call a recession-proof business model. And you could do that in a few different ways. Um, Number one, I caution people who have a commodity-typed business to try to figure out more uh, more income streams within your existing business model or start some side hustles. So for instance, right now everyone has money, so they spend it. But if you are a, let's say a traveling masseuse where you work for Soothe, which is an app that like sends people to massage or, or uh, you're a car auto detailer or whatever it is, when people are struggling to pay rent, Instead of paying for a massage, they just deal with back pain. Or instead of having a waxed car, they just drive a dirty car. And so when you have a commodity-typed business that isn't an absolute necessity, when the economy shrinks, and I don't say if, but when, people don't have the financial resources to do these pleasure items anymore. And so if I've nailed it, and that's the type of business model you're in, consider ways to within the same niche, obviously I'm not telling you to go learn something entirely new, to create extra business models that create cash, actual cash. And that's the next point I want to make is that in economic uncertainty, cash is king, period. People ask me a lot, Cole, should I buy a lot of gold right now? Because when the dollar goes down, gold goes up. Sure, but I can't buy groceries with gold. If I went grocery shopping and I handed them a one ounce gold coin, I believe right now gold's <laughs> around 1300 an ounce. And so let's just say I had $300 worth of groceries, right? And and you're my uh, cashier at the grocery, reg- or the grocery store and at the cashier, right? And I say, here you go, man. Here's a gold coin. You would look at me with confusion and say, what am I supposed to do with this? And I'd be like, oh, just bring me the change. You know, my groceries are 300 bucks. <laughs> I'll take a thousand dollars. Thanks. You would say you cannot do that transaction. And so I really emphasize the importance of creating actual cash in your business. Um, and then uh, what to do with it. We can talk about if you, how deep you want to go down this rabbit hole. But what I encourage people to do is don't wait, start looking at your business model now or your job. I, I assume that many of your listeners are somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur because the title of your show is Entrepreneur on Fire uh, and may still have a career or a job. Look at your specific role within your company and look at the industry that your company's in and look back in 2008 and how did your job or your business or your sector do in a downtime? And this might be the final kick in the butt you need to start that business, that side hustle or that whole full-blown business um, to start creating cash flow because I'm an investor. So we, we could talk about buying real estate, commercial real estate, and things like commodities like gold and silver because I do that. However, I know that when it comes to, again, a down economy, I want to have bought a house that pays me rent every month or a commercial building that pays me rents every month versus investing in something like uh, a lot of people are talking about um, cryptocurrency. We don't really know what that's going to look like in a down economy because it's only been around such a short amount of time. So I would call that more of a long-term play and not something you do now to prepare for tomorrow. That's something you do now to prepare for maybe retirement. Does all that make sense, John? Makes a lot of sense. And that's why we talk often on EO Fire about diverse income streams. And it really comes to mind when I think about this here, Cole, is like, it's great if you have some of your income streams that are commodities, because when the economy is great, then you can be making it happen and making it rain. And, you know, that's probably some of your highest profit margins of those commodities, you know, like, for instance, the waxing of the cars, or you're giving massages, you're doing all these things. But hopefully you're looking at your income streams, and there's diversity to them, meaning that some of them, 
even in a bad economy, are going to be a necessity so that when those commodities dry up in, in the tough times, you still have those one, two, or three income streams that are going to be able to get you through that process. And one thing, Cole, that I really think a lot of people do struggle with is exactly that thing that you mentioned, which is that cash flow and how that does trump everything else in an uncertain economy. So what would you just say maybe with one takeaway from what you just shared that Fire Nation can actually do to take specific action to ensure that they have cash flow in that uncertain economy? It's recurring revenue. So look at your business and your industry and figure out a way that instead of having maybe one big sale to spread that out amongst many people, small monthly payments. I was literally on a call yesterday with 20 multimillionaires. We're in a mastermind together. And the consistent theme is people are taking high ticket products and creating a smaller, more bite-sized version with a monthly subscription type model. And this applies everywhere. I have a, I have a client of mine. He's a chiropractor who charges people 80 bucks per, uh, what's it called? Adjustment. He's now going to modify that and say unlimited adjustments for 49 bucks a month. Whoa. So now they're only paying 50 bucks and he's getting more and more clients that maybe would never have paid for it before to do that. And now he's got this recurring revenue model to where someone comes in and he has no actual cost of cracking someone back other than his, or I guess as you say, adjusting someone's back other than his time. But he's now growing his client base and growing, growing his recurring revenue stream. So I would encourage anybody, whether you're in the digital space like you are, JLD, where you can create online products that have residual membership type uh, recurring revenue streams, or even if you're offline like the chiropractor, figure out ways to create memberships that are easy, that are under 50 bucks. And instead of having a few hundred people give you thousands of dollars, have a few thousand people give you $50 every single month uh, to provide a great product and service. You're going to have crazy attrition and people are going to drop off if you're not providing value. But 50 bucks is something most people can swallow, $49 or less. Figure out a way in your business to get someone to give you $49 a month every single month. And then it just comes down to marketing and client acquisition. And you've got countless episodes on uh, EOF of people talking about great marketing. So we don't need to go there. But figure out how to market that product or service. Get as many people to give you $49 a month or less, period. This is huge right now. Um, and that's what I believe is going to create the cash flow within business. And obviously, you can go buy houses and commercial buildings that pay your rent too. But that requires capital and expertise in real estate investing. As far as for everyone listening to this, create those membership recurring revenues. Let's talk about a specific example, Fire Nation. I mean, think about it. Would you rather have one person paying you $5,000 or let's just say 50 people paying you or 100 people paying you $50 and then the recession hits, okay? Now, guess what? 50 of those people of your 100 that are paying you 50 bucks, they might say, oh, you know, times are tough, got to gotta really tighten things up, I, gotta, I, need my, I need to stop you know, paying into this, but that's still leaving you with $2,500 per month because you, know, you have those 50 clients. But if that one client comes to you, your only client says, you know, geez, like, things are tough, I can't keep paying you 5000 bucks a month, you're down to zero with one single client. So think about those bite-sized chunks that Cole's talking about, diversifying into that monthly recurring revenue, that MRR, definitely key. And Cole, I want to shift a little bit. You know, we've been talking uh, about the tough times that, by the way, are coming because, you know, as, as they say in Game of Thrones, the storm is always coming. It's just happening. It's just a matter of when it does and how prepared we are for it. Let's talk about when we do make our money and investing that. So once you have made it, like, what do you do with it? And what don't you do with it? Like, you've seen a lot of people get this right, but you've seen a lot of people do this backwards. Talk about that. Most people say they want to save for retirement, but I always have a question. Did Warren Buffett become a billionaire by saving or investing? And so 
Saving and investing may have similar goals to get ahead financially, but the action is the exact opposite. Saving is keeping your money. Investing is essentially letting it go. If I'm investing in stocks, bonds, commodities, futures, forex, real estate, doesn't matter. That all requires me letting my money go into an asset that's now going to make my money work for me. So I would encourage people that are listening to this that have that old school mindset of what our grandparents taught us to save for retirement to acknowledge that the rules of money have changed. And so our behavior with money should change as well. I'm not calling grandma and grandpa wrong. They lived through depressions. They lived through World War II. Vietnam, and if you're here in America, or all, you know, and the global crisis, World War II is a global crisis, right? So uh, they lived in different times financially where the options we have today just weren't available. And so I highly encourage people to acknowledge that two things happen every year. Number one, we have inflation. Even in your own countries, uh, the value of, of your currency, and here in America, our dollars, uh, they are less valuable every single year, number one. Number two, cost of living goes up. And so for people who are just saving money, it's actually might the dollar amount might not go down. It might stay the same every year, but what those dollars can do becomes less. And so everybody needs to focus on putting their money into something that is paying them, I say a minimum of 8% a year minimum. That's just to hedge against inflation uh, wherever your money is parked. And so for a lot of people, they say, well, geez, Cole, I don't know how to do that. Uh, you'd be surprised how many options are out there. And we don't have time on this show to talk about all the different investment vehicles and options that are out there. But I guess the, the first step in you pursuing this path is to look at where your current money is and acknowledge that if it's not growing every single year, it's actually not staying the same. It's dying literally because of the value of the, the dollar or wherever you live going down and the cost of living going up. So you have to beat that. It's called hedging against your losses, hedging against inflation and cost of living. And so the, the old saying is save your money. I say saving your money is ludicrous. You need to have your money work for you where your net return is 8% a year or greater. And that's on the very conservative end. I mean, 8%, you're just barely hedging against your, your losses. Uh, but just, just to stop for a second and, and itch your head and, and see if that old, that old uh, fallacy of, hey, I'm going to save my money will actually get you where you want to go. Because for 99.999% of people listening to this, it just won't, period. Fire Nation, this is what I love about Cole is that he makes you ask yourself the important questions that sadly so many of us go so many years of our lives, some of us till the very end without asking those questions until it's way too late. And Cole, I kind of want to end with a bang with you giving us a breakdown of absolute truths. Like why are they important and how are they going to help people actually be more profitable, happier? And what I would say most importantly, because I hate this word, have no regrets. I call them absolute truths. Uh, other people can call them core values or beliefs. But uh, I think that everyone, so back to what you just said, should ask themselves the questions of, of who they want to be and what impact they want to make and, and how they want to show up in the world. So what I've found is that a lot of people become entrepreneurs for freedom, for a better lifestyle. And very quickly, they don't own a business. Their business owns them. And I think it's important for people to design a life first and a business second. Design your dream life of what you want it to look like. And not in broad generalities, like just on a vision board. I'm talking how many hours a week are you going to work? How much money after taxes are you going to net every single year? How much freedom? How many vacations? Become very clear. Then once you have your life create a business that supports it. And my life is protected by what I call absolute truths. I have 11 of them. And no matter how great the opportunity, 
if only 10 of the 11 are in alignment, but one of the 11 isn't, I will not take it, period. So just for some context, I'll give you two quick examples. Uh, one of my absolute truths is I have to have autonomy. I will never, ever, ever uh, sign up for or agree to an income stream that requires me to live in a certain place. So you're a perfect example. You were in Maine. Then you're like, let's go to San Diego. You're in San Diego and you're like, screw it. Let's go to paradise and move to Puerto Rico. I got it right it. this time. Not, not Costa yes. Rica, uh, Puerto Rico. And so you're a perfect example. I want to be able to do that with my business where you're literally making millions of dollars anywhere you want to go. Uh, so if somebody said, Cole, I have the best opportunity for you. I'll pay you 10 million a year, but you have to move to Houston, Texas and live here permanently. I would say no. Uh, on the opposite end, another thing that's one of my core values or my absolute truths is I will never say yes to something my daughters won't be proud of. I'm an angel investor. I invest in startups. And I was approached two years ago to fund an app that used GPS targeting or locating for other members of the app to find each other just to hook up. It's not Tinder. Everyone's like, oh, is it Tinder? No. Tinder at least pretends it's a dating app. This is just straight up, hey, this is just to hook up with random people, no strings attached. And unfortunately, with the culture that we're in today, that would have probably been a very profitable venture for me. However, that's an app I would hope to God my daughters would never find, right? And let's just <laughs> say it turned out to be the next Uber and I make 100 million bucks. How am I going to explain to my little girls where daddy's money came from? So I will never say yes to an opportunity that won't make my daughters proud. So those are two. I have nine others. And no matter what opportunity I have in business or in life, I run them through that filter. And what I've found is it saves me from regret, like you talked about, because I'm not compromising my values. I'm not compromising who I want to be as a man, as a father, and as a husband. It's keeping me more profitable, and it's giving me a quality of life where I'm never saying, God, I'm making great money, but I hate my job, or I'm making great money, but I hate my business. It's keeping me happier too. And so I think that everybody should do a quick homework assignment before you do anything else after listening to this episode and create your absolute truths, your core values, your belief system around who you want to be and show up as in the world. And then don't ever say yes to anything that compromises any of those core beliefs. I love all of this. And Fire Nation, I just want to say, come to Thrive. Establish your absolute truths. Hang out with me because I'm hangoutable. Hang out with Cole. Um, who else is going to be there? I mean, I'm looking at Les Brown, Apollo Ono, speed skating stud, Tucker Max, Ty Lopez, Mark Lack is going to be there, Jordan Harbinger of Art of Charm, Jason Gaynor from Mastermind Talks, uh, Chris Record, Billy Jean, Mark Kohler, just the list goes on and on and on. And it's, it's a fiery list. And Cole, what I want you to do now is just end with a parting piece of guidance for Fire Nation. Give us the best way uh, that we can kind of find out more about you and what you have going on in your world. And then we'll say goodbye. Parting piece of guidance would be no time's wasted, no experience is wasted either. At 33 years old, I'm finally old enough that I have some life experiences. And some of the worst things I had happen in my 20s are now actually some of the greatest attributes I have in my life from life experience and relationships. So uh, I don't want to get all fictitious to say, you know, <laughs> oh, just trust the path. But I really do believe everything happens for a reason. So just keep going, uh, keep pushing forward. And even if you're in a crappy season or, or experience right now, just know that somehow if you allow it, it will benefit you in the future if you do not make it uh, yourself a victim from it. So that's that. As far as getting a hold of me, just head to attendthrive.com. Come and see me in Vegas. Or if you want to find me on any social media, it's just my name, Cole Hatter. And that's for all of them. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, just one word, Cole Hatter. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with Cole and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And final call to action is visit attendthrive.com. Use promo code 
EOF to come hang out with all the awesome people that I mentioned, including myself and Cole, at the Hard Rock, wait for it, Hotel. It's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. And I will catch you, Cole, and you, Fire Nation, on the flip side.